Hello, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online. Before we start, just a massive thank you to however you are listening to this podcast. Just a word of warning, we put this podcast out three times a week, but we don't always know which days we're going to be putting it out on. So the only way to know and have your finger on the pulse is to get notifications. And to do that, you have to subscribe. Why not drop us a cheeky review while you're there? Right, let's talk rugby. I'm Ben James, and I'm joined by Matthew Southcombe and Simon Thomas. Doesn't feel all that long ago that we were doing this <laughs> last it was night. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very long ago at all. But a lot's changed in the landscape of Welsh rugby, hasn't it? Well, I just walked in here, and I thought I'd have a little look at the old uh, chart on the wall, which tells us what people are reading at any given time. And out of the top 15 things being read on our website at the moment, nine of them were Wales rugby stories. So that tells you what kind of day it's been, really. A busy one. A busy one. A nice, a nice one for us. But um, obviously, Wales announced their 31 man squad uh, today for the World Cup. And if we're being honest, there was a few things that probably caught us by surprise. Let's be honest, we got the squad wrong. <laughs> we sat here for That's, hours, hours yesterday. Get it out of the way. Coming up with our 31, I think we got about six of them wrong. Hey, listen, he's been here for 11 years, Mr. Gatland. And quite regularly, he has thrown a curveball and caught us all by surprise. And once again, in his final squad selection, he's done just that. Because of all the permutations and all the possibilities we talked about yesterday, who might be in and who might be out, what we didn't see come in was Rob Evans in particular and Samson Lee being left out of the World Cup squad. It's uh, been a bit of a bombshell. Indeed it has. You know, and we saw, I saw um, Rhys Carey's name was the first name I saw on the uh, graphic that WIU put out. I thought, ooh, that's interesting. And I saw Wynne Jones' name, and I thought, oh, wow, uh, what's happened here? And then I couldn't see Rob Evans' name, right? I was convinced it was a misprint, um, you know, but uh, got, up, got up the veil, and the word was he was fully fit as well, which just <laughs> added to the bemusement and the confusion. And then, um, and then we quizzed Mr. Gatland on it. The interesting thing for me is that that message came back, oh, no, He's fully fit. But then when you listen to the reasons why he wasn't selected, it was past fitness issues, past and, and recent fitness issues. So there is an, an injury element to it. The word that struck me when I was reading the, the material Matt was sending back was the word durable. That's yeah. become very much the word of the day. To explain to people, Warren Gatlin has decided to go with just five props, three loose heads, and two specialist tight heads. Um, and yet, it's the absence of one of the loose heads, Rob Evans, that uh, is the big issue, really. What we seem to understand is that when he's looked at the fact that he's decided to go just with five props, the key factor is the durability and the confidence he would have in a player getting through a full campaign. Now, he's pointed to the fact that Rob Evans has had injury problems in the recent history. Samson Lee has had a number of them over the last few years. And he's looked at it. He's, I suppose he said, if I'm taking five, I want it to be five. I've got confidence I'm going to see me right through it. And that's why, ultimately, you've got Wynne Jones and Rhys Carey in there as the loose heads. And we understand with Wynne Jones providing, you know, emergency cover at tight if required. It's, well, it's, it's, we just didn't see it coming. Yeah, it's the one, uh, it's the one that caught us all off guard, I think. Um, and also picking six in the back row as well. Yeah. Um, to cover, obviously, injuries that will come on to, I guess. But uh, Wynne Jones has, has suddenly become a very, very important part of the squad. And, um, you know, far far more important than any of us perhaps uh, predicted that he might be. He hasn't really played tight dead 
at all. We, you know, we've we've spoken to the Scarlets and and the contacts there. Don't recall him ever playing tight head down at Park at Scarlets. That's for sure. Land, unless you're looking. Am, at I, me. am I right in thinking Landovery? He, well, he played, played for Landovery, but seventy odd games. You know, he, in a way, the other thing is his selection is is a real reward for perseverance. He he plugged and ploughed away at the Premiership level for a number of years before getting the opportunity to the Scarlet. So well done to him. But it, you know, the, there's no real track record that we're aware of of him playing at tight. They're obviously going to work at that. We thought these days were behind us with you know the specialist yep. days. Paul James used to play that role forever for Wales. Didn't yeah. he? But what what struck me here is I can understand the Samson Lee one to a certain extent because if they're only taking mm. two specialists mm. and you can you can see why they'd be going for two people they think you know there's not going to be an injury issue and Samson has had his problems but if they're taking three loose heads you would logically think well you, you take the guy who played four tests in the Grand Slam started four Grand Slam games you take Nicky Smith uh, because he's been the other one who's worked you know, as the first choice alongside Rob Evans, they've been vying for it over a number of years. And then, as we thought, you make a choice between Reese Carey and Wynne Jones. And if you're only taking two tight heads, and Wynne Jones is seen as a tight head option, and then he goes. I think part of this is Gatlin's eyes have bulged, and he's looked at this boy, Reese Carey. You know, he's often talked about one thing you can't make people is big. He's naturally big. He's been impressed by what the guy has done in training getting down the excess weights he needs to, being there for all the sessions, getting through them all after day one we here. And he's said, well, I wouldn't have taken him to the World Cup. He's the bolter of the squad. And the result of it is Rob Evans misses out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a big shock. And, you know, I think... I think, like as Simon alluded to, you know, Carrie's come in. He's lost like what ten ki- kilos or something, or maybe even yeah. more yeah. Um, since he started in camp. Did every training session apart from one that Gatlin could remember, and um, you know, like Samson, like we've discussed, Samson Lee's had his injuries. Rob Evans has has clearly got got niggles, and and I guess the other thing to factor in here, which I think is probably a key point, is that Japan is not just around the corner. You know, you're talking a 12-hour flight to Tokyo. You're crossing a lot of time zones. If you're taking players who you're concerned aren't going to be able to get you through the tournament, then that's obviously going to result in call-ups, which which are not easy to do when you're playing rugby on the other side of the world. You know, if if it was like the, in 2015 when they were playing in Twickenham, it's a different ball game. But you know, perhaps travelling that far away as well has is, is really come into Gatlin's thinking. I mean, these two boys, from Samson and Rob Evans, are going to be absolutely on standby, aren't they? And oh, yeah, yeah. you do pick up injuries. The bit that I've had people pointing out to me as they see as a bit of an inconsistency is that we're hearing, right, Samson Lee and Rob Evans, we decided not to go for them because they've had recent injury issues. Well, they both played yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's named in Corey Hill a player who hasn't played since the game against England in February and who we're told won't be ready until the second match. So it does seem slightly off kilter when you're saying, well, you can't take these two props because of their injury background, but we'll take Corey Hill, even though he's not able to play at all at the moment. So I guess it shows how much they value Corey Hill's leadership and his role in the squad. Especially when, you know, taking Corey Hill and then probably bringing an extra back rower to cover Corey Hill's injury, which they have done with James Davis letting Aaron Shingler cover the second row, is the reason that they're probably taking five props rather than six. Well, I'd be intrigued to know when they decided on this five prop thing. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't become clear um, in the press conference. It was. It was obviously a, a point of discussion, um, but there wasn't any sort of indication as to when when this decision was actually made. Um, but I, I definitely agree that um, James James Davis is in there 
um, and as a result of one of the props missing out. And I think it's there as, as cover for Corey Hill. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens if Corey Hill doesn't hit his markers, as Gatlin put it, because, um, you know, Corey has obviously still got something to prove fitness-wise. So if he doesn't make it, it will be very interesting to see what happens to the squad I then. I think they're being a prop in. Yeah, I think they bring Samson Lee. I don't think it goes like for like if, so if then, Corey Hill drops out. That would leave Shingler probably operating as a as second a lock, as a second, second row yeah. for the to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say so. I think that makes more sense, doesn't it? I think that's what. Because and again, if you look at the options of well, there's Bradley Davis. It was the only yeah. other back five forward available in the squad, isn't he? In the training squad, so it would be either that or go to one of your props. Mm. Let's move on to some other decisions in the squad. Um, we'll go to the centre first because I know Matt you've got views on this but before we hear your views uh, we'll listen to what Mr Gatlin had to say We're, when Scott first came in to the to camp he, he was uh, really struggling with his back so he's been out for, for a long period uh, he couldn't couldn't bend down and pick up a ball off the ground so where he's come from to being able to play an international yesterday he's made a huge amount of progress uh, and we just felt that you know we want him to continue to do that. We've been impressed with with Owen Watkin. You know we've used him off the, off the bench in, in those big matches, um, and he's just probably had a little bit more rugby and a bit more game time than, than Scott has at this stage. So look, it's a, tough to leave an experienced player out like Scott. But like I said, for where he came from, we I, I honestly did not think he would get through the camps and even be available for consideration so he's made a massive strides in doing that and you know I've got to take my hat off and to him in terms of uh, where he's got to he's probably not quite as sharp as he in his own mind as is where he'd like to be but he's he's made significant progress and if we do get injuries then you know he's a different option for us okay so that's what Gatlin had to say about that little battle there in midfield um Matt, what was your question? Actually. I will say first, before you start, he's been unbearable since you've been out. Because uh, <laughs> our listeners might remember yesterday, he was the one saying, oh, I think they'll go for Owen Watkin. And we were, no, no, no. He's been proved right and so unsufferable he's been, Matt. I can imagine. I'm I wasn't going to bring up my vindication, <laughs> as we'll call it. But I'm glad I was out of the office uh, uh, this afternoon. Um, yeah, no, what, what we obviously didn't know um, was exactly what Scott Williams had been battling. And where he'd come, where he'd sort of come back from. Obviously, Gatlin saying there, he was unable to to bend over and pick up a ball. You know, roughly twelve weeks ago. So, you know, immense credit to Scott Williams. He's he's a he's a tough old cookie. And um, you know, if you looked at him playing yesterday, you wouldn't have guessed that he was coming back from that in, in any shape or form. And um, you know, it, when you listen to Gatlin's justification, bearing all that in mind, then it makes total sense um, to to make the selection that he has. Uh, but I would suggest that Scott Williams is one of those players who's absolutely on standby, uh, just purely because of the the quality he has. And you know, Gatlin said there, you know, leaving out somebody who's played at two World Cups is is no is not something you take lightly. So, you know, they've they've gone with Owen Watkin, and I guess, like I said, you know, based on what Scott Williams has had to battle against, then it makes sense. And as well, you know, we touched on players who are carrying injuries, you know. Backs are funny old things, and there's nothing to say that a back problem isn't going to just rear its ugly head again. So, I guess that durability thing comes into it as well. He's done really well, Scott Williams, to make it an argument because yeah. they wouldn't have thought they had. They would have thought it was it was signed, sealed, and delivered in terms of the centre. He would have made them think about it last night, and I think the first 
back outside back injury we get Scott's probably going to be right in there because mm. you always get them he's going to be the one in, in the ranking because he can he could in a situation play in the wing as well yeah so you know he's done really well to get as close as he did because we've had we've had a few questions and I've seen it a lot on social media today sort of asking what does Owen walking offer the Scott Williams doesn't but it's, it's it's not really a case of that is it no I don't think so I think it's just the injury um, and the lack of game time is, is clearly counted against Scott Williams and, and Owen Watkins as, as we've alluded to has, has played in a lot of the test matches on the on the winning run you know mi- minus the, the two recent defeats that, that sort of 14 game winning run he was a mainstay in the squad and you know he, he acquitted himself quite well in, in terms of didn't do anything wrong when he was called upon in the Six Nations I, I'd still protest that he perhaps didn't grab chances with both hands at times but certainly didn't do his chances much harm so they clearly do trust him enough to throw him in and um, you know they don't feel like they're going there particularly weakened in, in that area and I guess that's fair given given the amount of games Watkin has played at this level now. It's interesting as well because if you look at what they're likely to do on the bench for if you call them the first team World Cup matches, yeah. he's generally been on the bench in the Grand Slam in the Autumn Internationals. Yeah. He's the one there in that twenty-three. So you could well see a situation where the three on the bench would be, I don't know, Thomas Williams, Reese Patchell, and Owen Watkins. So you know he's going to have an important role to play. Yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd say that's probably the way that they would most likely go on the bench based on the the Six Nations, but. I mean, they are slightly different players, but yeah, I think we're, you know we're we're talking semantics, here, and I think um, Watkin does enough well um, to to justify a place. And what we said, because touching on Patchell, you've got him then as that back three option as well. So yeah. it, you know, it, you can see things starting to take take shape yeah. now. Yeah, you know, we we mentioned it last night, sort of what Scott offers you off the bench in terms of impact, probably going forward with ball but I think what the Wales coaching staff like about Watkin is probably the impact he has defensively when he comes off the bench mm-hmm. you often see him sort of come off the bench mainly with the sort of the intention to sort of you know get a rip or two in midfield and just sort of be be defensively solid we saw it Murrayfield this year Edinburgh that's what you pretty much come off the bench for we, pretty much all the six well, nations it tied, in, it tied in with bigger didn't it you yeah, bring exactly. bigger you bring, you bigger, bring bigger and walking on to solidify shore things up in midfield and see the boat home you know yeah i guess that's what i mean in terms of he never really did anything that particularly caught the eye but what he did do was was perhaps like sort of quietly effective uh, and particularly defensively Sounds like you're coming round to my way of thinking. Uh, well, I've got no choice. Gatlin's made his call. I've, you know, we've got to we've got to take it for what it is. I, I'd still protest that I think Scott Williams a better player. And as I said, if he'd had a full season of rugby, it'd be a different story. But absolutely, you know, he's, he's not. Let's not be too down on Owen Watkin. Nope. Um, we'll move on from my vindication now uh, to another decision that we got wrong. Um, well, to be fair to you, Matt, you you had this right, and then I think we managed to convince you to, to, to sort of come to the dark yeah. side on it. I which think we, was, I mean, yeah. you're, you're looking at the back three, and we said, didn't we, last night? It was the one we found hardest to coin, call. Yeah. Exactly, it was a flip of a coin. Um, Owen Lane took his chance, took his try well, um, offers a lot physically, he's explosive, he's pacey. Alamemos had a good game. He did some nice things. He got, he's a polished rugby player. You know, he's he's, he's an intelligent rugby player as well, and. Um, in the same way as you know, you, they've gone for like recent experience with Owen Watkin. They've gone for test experience overall with Halloween yeah, yeah. And as as we know, he's someone who can play um, fullback and wing. That versatility is what they've looked for. 
Um, they're both fine players. I'm yeah. glad for Jalamemos because he's had his injury issues. Mm, and if you so, remember, yeah. you know, a year ago in the summer tour, he had a really good tour, I thought, you know. And yeah, he, but playing at fullback again in Argentina. I like him. I like him as a footballer. I always have. And um, Owen Lanes, will, time will come again. That's the other thing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 I think Gatland will, yeah, pointed that out. You know, there's, there's plenty more to come from Owen Lane. And, you know, if I was any of these players who, who's missed out, I wouldn't I wouldn't be going on a, on a nice holiday for the next two weeks. Uh, I think I'd be staying put and watching what happens in in the next game and uh, you know I certainly wouldn't be taking my foot off the gas put it that way because if the call comes got to be ready it'll be an interesting place to live in the house that is shared by Owen Lane and Reese Carey though well, it'll be very no, mixed emotions it'd be, there. It'd be quite a quiet house <laughs> without putting too much of a dampener well, on it one of them's in and one of them's not oh well, yeah <laughs> so it's an there's, awkward one isn't there's, it there's a feature opportunity if you can get exactly. yeah. Oh, yeah. Address. that's one you could do yeah interesting so, speaking about Amos you know we talk about him playing fullback but do you really see him get playing fullback in Japan you know the Uruguay game is probably where he's going to get his chances but you, you think that if, if Liam's going to start the Australia and Georgia penny. game yeah, half penny, half penny. so it's probably going to be the I win don't, isn't it yeah I don't really see him playing fullback he, despite the fact I think it's his best position I think because we're, we're so well stocked there um, you know Probably go Liam against Georgia, Liam against Australia, then F- Liam probably against Fiji. I think you'd have to back yeah. him up, and then and then that's when you get experimental. But it's funny because Liam is supposed to be the backup fly half as well, or the third fly half. So what happens against Uruguay? Patchell presumably starts, but bigger or Liam Williams, who have just probably started the last three games are going to have to be involved yeah, in some see, capacity. I can see Liam being on the bench there. If you look at Amos, he's effectively third in the pecking order at fullback behind Liam Williams and Halfpenny and fourth in the pecking order on the wing behind North, Adams and Liam Williams. Mm. So really, yeah, it's a Uruguay yeah. game f- for him, isn't it? But as we saw at the last World Cup, I think we lost five or six backs. Oh, you can right. never say what's going to happen. Amos was one of the ones actually played against England. Dislocated yeah. 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 his shoulder. Oh, yeah. He played really well, you know. and um, Innocuous, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, you can never be sure who's going to get game time where. I mean, you hate to put a dampener on it, right? Because in 2011, we barely suffered any injuries. 2015, it was literally, who have we got left? Yeah, it was, um, it was walking. And, you know, and I guess I guess we're all kind of subconsciously scarred by that. And we're looking at it thinking, Craig, if we get to that Uruguay game and everybody's still fit, then we're probably doing better than a lot of other teams. So, you know, as, as we've said, you need a bit of luck in these tournaments and certainly... If you can stay injury-free, by and large, you'll be in a good place. I think the one we haven't talked about particularly, we touched on him, is Reese Patchell. And we, we spoke about it such length yesterday. We'd, yeah. we'd both agreed that um, he was going to be there. And it, Gatlin was kind of true to his word, wasn't he? He said it was mm. going to be a shootout. Patchell had a better day than Jared Evans, and he gets the call. And um, he, as we said, he's going to offer that back three option as well. So, yeah, pleased for him that he's you know come through a difficult year. And as with Owen Lane, Jared Evans... 21, I think, maybe 23, maybe. He's, you know, he's a young man who's got a lot to offer in the future. And um, he also will be there with his phone on in case we require somebody to come out on the board. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I don't think there's any other selection sort of issue. We've, we've touched on well, James I, Davis, haven't we, briefly? But it's probably, probably worth speaking about a little bit more. Please, him. Cubby boy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's <laughs> like we said, he looked like a guy yesterday who perhaps thought the chance had passed him by. Didn't look particularly thrilled with Leon Brown when he had to take ten minutes, ten minutes on the bench for for him as well. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a it's another one, isn't it? You know, he's he's had a chance. He's come from you know relatively you know nowhere in, in so far as no one was really talking about him as a as a prime candidate for this for this gig. But he's got a chance, and and you know when you look at it, his attributes playing in Japan, it's not going to be easy to play out there. But he's a fit guy from his sevens background. It'll probably suit him more than yep. it will suit a lot of players. And, um, you know, I think he's genuinely going to add stuff to this, you know, <laughs> particularly off the field as well as on it. You know, he's one of those energizers you need around the place. And But, you know, in terms of his on-field exploits, on on his day, you know, we saw what he could do in Argentina. You know, he's in the breakdown, winning turnovers, scoring tries, do it all really. So, you know, fair play to him. Well, Gatlin pointed today, didn't he, to his, you know, his, his work rate against Ireland, a couple of turnovers of the ball and also his carrying. And the other thing, there's not too many people who can say, I've been to an Olympics and I'm going to a Rugby World Cup. So I think he's in a fairly unique club there. There's not too many yeah. of them. Uh, two. I, um, Rory McConaughey would be the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. He's on our podcast every week, isn't he? I know, yeah. <laughs> I mention him why. every time. I'll tell you what, though. He's, and he's going with his brother as well. That's nice. No, we looked it up. Oh, we looked it up this. now because I was asked on social media whether Wales had ever taken uh, any brothers before to a World Cup. Do you mm. want to go? Oh Christ! Uh, no. Well, we oh. had the Moriartys, Paul and ah. Richard in 1987, and then in 1999 we had the Connells. Oh, not of Derek. Quite Scott, yeah. proud of that one. Scott, Scott and Craig. Craig. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's quite a rare thing, and it's um, I think with, with James Davis as well. I mean, he is the kind of guy that in certain matches out there where they're fast and furious, which everyone tells us, you know, you look what you look at what, what Gatlin also, you know, and and Hansen have done, gone for mobile players in the front row, haven't they? You know, they've gone for mobility, people who are really sort of uh, don't have durability issues or mm. who can put in a, a full shift. Everything points to it to being a fast World Cup out there, you know, good pitches, good weather, and... Uh, James Davis, if anybody can pop up in wide open spaces and do damage, he's the kind of guy who could. You know, he literally could be the joker in the pack, James. Yeah, and I guess on a similar thread as well, something that's just cropped up in my mind, Nicky Smith had to watch Rob Evans throughout the entire Six Nations pretty much run the grand, you know, yeah. was Wills' loose head for the grand slam, must have thought that he was going to be limited to places on a bench. Suddenly, he's Wills' first choice loose head in, in Japan. Well, you've got a situation here where you've got two men who are now sitting tonight, gosh, it's a responsibility in me, and that's Nicky Smith and Thomas Francis. Because mm. yeah. they are firmly implanted now, you, you look at it, as the as the starting props. And if we've had one abiding issue this summer, one malaise, it's been the scrum. And it, it is quite a revolutionary approach, isn't it? What do you do when you've got massive scrimmaging problems? So let's take one less prop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's only yeah. take five of them. There's only five people we've got to sort of work really hard yeah. with them. But I mean, Thomas Francis in particular, you know, Dylan Lewis is the backup and Dylan's very good at coming off the bench when think games have loosened up. He's great over the ball, good hands. But the, the onus for me now on Thomas Francis and Nicky Smith along with Robin McBride and Ken Owens, to say, somehow, we've got to sort this scrum out. Yeah. At least provide some kind of security, some kind of parity, find a way of getting rid of it. And Nicky and Thomas are experienced players now, experienced internationals. And but that, to me, over if anything, has got to be focused on over the next, well, how long was it? Three, four weeks? Three weeks, That's yeah. it. So over to those boys and good luck to them. Absolutely. One one final note on James Davis and Nicky Smith comes into this. It just shows you how much sort of Test rugby fluctuates, doesn't it? You think, I think a year ago, Reese Patchell looked like he's going to be first choice fly half. James Davis came back from Argentina, you know, 
cock of the walk, quite literally, mm. uh, with his trade celebrations. Nicky Smith, second choice of the Six Nations, now all three of them in a World Cup squad. And Dan Bigger, come back from the last year, he was on, in a way almost third in the pecking order. Yeah. And now we get another one we're going to absolutely rely on. thing I'm interested to know is to see as well as what we do now for this final warm-up game against Ireland. I'm just, doing, oh, any well, insights? Yeah, I'm still in your line. I'm like, sorry, I was just, just about to ask that. <laughs> any insights, Matthew? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a strong side. Obviously, the the players who've been dropped and are now leaving camp. Uh, so it's, it's down to the 31-man squad now that they've picked for the World Cup. There are a few people in there. Um, Reese Patchell was one guy mentioned who's somebody who might need a bit of game time. Um I, you know, you look through it as well. Elliot D hasn't yeah, had a start yet. Exactly. Uh, Lee Halfpenny, does he need a bit more action? Uh, so th- there are a few players who, who might get a, a run who you wouldn't necessarily deem as first first choice starters in Japan. But, I mean, you know, it's going to be a pretty strong side out in Dublin. Well, here's a question for you. Hmm. Does Wynn Jones get half an hour on the tight head? I guess it depends how far along they think he's come. I mean, the other thing to think about this is Georgia absolutely... Mullered the scrum, didn't they, when they came to Cardiff uh, a couple of years ago? Yeah. So they're going to be looking at this thinking, oh, do you know what? We can get after this. It was interesting because they played Scotland in the weekend and were well beaten. Um, and apparently their scrum wasn't as effective as, as normally. You oh. don't see the Scotland. And you don't see Scotland scrum. No, that's not really that a, dominant, a but, powerhouse. But I think if Georgia, uh, you know, have got one thing in their DNA, they do like a scrimmage generally. Mm, yeah. And they were, you know, it won't have gone missed in their camp. What's been going on? No, I, I think as much as anything next week. I mean, I'm, I'm presuming that we're going to start next week with Nicky Smith and Thomas Francis and Ken Owen. I would assume. Or so. might Elliot D get a start? I think we might get the two first choice, you know, props play, and I guess they're going to be up against Tag Furlon and. Well, the way Kilcoin played, well, you know. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I think Keen Healy's had an injury yeah. on the loose head, so I'm doing Jack McGrath maybe. But anyway, it, it's it's going to be a test, and that is going to be such a focal point this week because if we were to go through all four warm up games on roller skates in the scrum, then that ain't very encouraging, is it? No, not at all. But on that thread, then I don't, I don't know how ready Win Jones is to to back down on the tight dead. I can't imagine they've thrown him in with, without warning. You know, I'd imagine some sort of work has gone on behind the scenes here. But I, I'm certainly yeah. not getting the impression that he's ready for that. Was, was, was the direct quote, "We'll continue to work with Win Jones, or we'll work with"? Wynne yeah, Jones? It kind of. It was some. It, it fluctuated, but that was the impression. Because if it, if it was, we'll work with Win Jones. It, yeah, it almost feels it, like it, it they kind haven't. of. There were two two sort of mentions, and yeah. it was well, it's pivotal of. because if they haven't done it with him, that's mean <laughs> up until this weekend they were going to take six props. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if they'd been working with him. Yeah. Then well, clearly it was in their mind. The the Corey Hill injury only became apparent on Friday. So But do you do you think it's it is as simple as to say we're taking five props so we can take five Lucy's, five loose forwards? Or do you think that they've been thinking about the five props as an option for a little while? Well, I don't think it's I don't I, I don't get the impression that they've been thinking about it for that long. Hmm. Um, Which suggests that perhaps Wynne Jones hasn't had that many sessions in the tight end, but mm. we'll find out, I guess. We shall, but we you know, will, yeah. 
one thing Gatlin pointed out was scrummaging is probably well technically one probably the best scrummager they've got so Win Jones mm. oh, he's a good scrummager that's what they yeah. said there we go um, staying on Dublin you mentioned that Patchell will probably start mm. and potentially Lee Halfpenny mm-hmm. who would you give kicking duties to? Uh, Halfpenny he's a better kicker you wouldn't be tempted to sort of see Patchell goal kicking if, if it gets to the point in Japan where we need him Hmm. I would have thought though that Liam Williams needs a game, doesn't he? Because Liam's only played the one of the three. Yeah, well, everyone has games, don't they? So I think Liam will play fullback. Be interesting if they played half penny as well as Liam. Well, actually, because we were saying, obviously, you were saying about Hal Amos before. Presumably, you got say for the Uruguay game if half penny started fullback Amos, one of George North or Josh Adams is going to have to play all four games, isn't he? So it could be an option to look at half penny on the wing. Potentially, you still got, you still got the problem then with fullback. You'd have to give Liam look at the end of the day. It's a World Cup, and someone's playing for <laughs> Someone's going to have to have a tough a tough couple yeah. of weeks, um, and and that's the way it goes. You can't protect the players all the time. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting little conundrum because, like you said, Liam Liam Williams is going to need game times. You know what what what's his injury like? Because it was it his hamstring that went in the warm up. Um, yeah, I think they said if it was a World Cup final, he'd play, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Well, I suppose, but he he, well, he didn't look happy I mean, about it. So the, the one that is is still the grey area is Corey Hildon because yeah. you know only the medical staff and Corey know exactly where he is, um, and they're going to be monitoring that closely now over the next very few closely. Weeks. I'd imagine. Yeah, it's um, he's got certainly by no means is is he sort of 100% going it's it's very much a case of he still has work to do um, and Marcus as Warren Gatlin put it to hit the key then is when do you make that call because if they're saying right we want him to be fit hoping to be fit for the second game which is Australia in the mix for that if it gets a week two weeks before Australia and you're thinking he's not going to quite make that is that the point where you've got to be brutal and say we make a change to this squad it's a big call isn't it I get the impression that when are they flying out they fly out on September the 11th. So I would suggest, you know, you, you team, haven't got... Team got Doctor long. Heathrow, by the sounds of it. Haven't got long. And like you said, it, all, all the various things that he will have to prove are going to be good sign, sort of signposts as to how well his rehabilitation is going. So, you know, he's not going to be fit to play by September the 11th, but he may very well be far enough down the road so I guess that's a yeah. decision for the physios and the medics. And are make. we are we of the impression that it's 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 a distinct, different problem to the ankle when he had against England, or the, related? There at was all? no there was no sort of guidance on that today. Um, there, right. there was, you know, it's a classic case of Warren Gatlin's not a doctor, <laughs> so he doesn't. He didn't say that, but that that was the that was the kind of case he didn't know basically, which is fair enough. It may very well be linked to some sort of weakness from the ankle injury potentially um, but we we just we don't know if it, if it is linked at all okay I think we got time for one more question and the one I'll put to you is we know the 31 man hmm. squad now is it good enough to win the World Cup not unless they get the scrum sorted yeah I guess that's the short answer um, and it's difficult to disagree you know it can un- it'll undermine everything they do it's, it's that much of a big deal because when the ball is in open play um, Wales Wales looked alright yesterday I thought yeah. and by and large particularly in the second half and you don't want to be in a position where you're absolutely dreading any set piece you don't want to be in a place where Wales are holding their own and perhaps getting on top 
in open play and at the line out and everything else and then it'd be totally undermined by the scrum and it, it is regardless of what some might tell you, it is that much of a problem because there are so many scrums nowadays as well that if that goes wrong then it, yeah. you are really tying your hands behind your back the thing is we, the way it looks we'd play if we get out of the group we'd play either England or France in the quarterfinals and if our scrum is in uh, rewind going into that game we're not going to win it mm. it's a big ask it would be a big ask but if they can sort that despite what has happened in terms of injuries and all the rest of it then there's every reason to be positive and they're being quite bullish Warren Gatlin saying look we want to make the quarterfinals at least yeah. and then we go from there anything less than that is a, is a, is a massive disappointment and I mean, certainly you look at the pool, then you've got to be trying to get out of that group, haven't you? And at that point, you know, other teams are going to lose players. It's, as we've mentioned, it's a yeah. World Cup, so, you know, bad things happen. And, and then it, it really is, you know, game by game and, and anything can happen. And this Wales team are tough to beat, quite simply, which oh, in, in knockout rugby you know, is... When you look at this Wales team, I suppose you'll you'll struggle to find a group of players more desperate to work for each other defensively. They are, they are a very, very resilient side now. Yep. You know, you don't... Wales used to get beat by 30, 40, 50 points and that just does not happen anymore. And that's down to Sean Edwards and, and Warren Gatland and, and the sort of mindset that they've instilled in this group of players. And you've got a group now that are fit and, and they've got that mentality where they will literally do anything for the person stood next to them. And when you've got that, it's a very good foundation to start with. And then from there, anything can happen. There we go. That's a nice place to leave the podcast. Anything can happen. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, we got a nice little press conference to go to tomorrow. All 31 players are up. Mm, busy. That will be busy, but we'll be back on Tuesday with the best of uh, those interviews on this podcast. But until then, you can catch all the latest news and reaction to the squad on Wednesday. Wednesday.